<laughs> Welcome to We Are TV. I am Brenton, joined as always by Danielle. That's me. And... I thought it was a DB&J special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a DB&J special again. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have a guest with us, Jessica. Hello. My sister. Who you might remember from the episodes we did on The Revenant and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Thanks again for joining us as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, Raiders number 24 on the Internet Movie Database by millions of film lovers from around the world is The Silence of the Lambs. Released in 1991, starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins, The Silence of the Lambs is a psychological crime thriller set between the US states of Maryland and Virginia. Based on the 1988 novel of the same name by Thomas Harris, he wrote a series of crime novels on these characters from 1981 to 2002, being in order Red Dragon, The Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal and Hannibal Rising, all of which were turned into their own films. Um, with the first one, Red Dragon, uh, sparking two movie adaptations, as well as a TV series based on the books that ran for three seasons, starring Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal. So, Silence of the Lambs is a sequel to Red Dragon, but it's not really necessary to see that one to get any backstory. And the film is directed by Jonathan Demme. Now, we've got Jessica with us here because you've seen this a hell of a lot haven't you? I've only seen this twice. This is the second time for me. How many times would you say you've seen it? Um, I'd say close to at least 10 times. I watched it earlier this year as well. That's a fair bet. Yeah, I love this movie. Have you seen any of the others in the series? Um, I think I've seen the sequel to this one once. Okay. And I didn't really like it as it, much. The one with Julian Moore? Yep. I'm pretty sure Julian Moore was playing Jodie Foster's character in the sequel. I haven't yeah. seen it. I think so. I think you're right. That'd be a weird pick. Julianne Moore. She's yeah. a great actress. Though. She is, but I'm just thinking, like, yeah. I don't know why you didn't get Jodie Foster again. Maybe she was too big time at that point. Maybe. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. She won the Oscar for this. I mean, this was this is one of, like, three movies to have win all the best big hitters, which is, like, best actress, best actor, best director, best picture. What did you, Danielle, think that Hannibal Lecter was before watching this? Did you know that he was a doctor? I didn't know that he was a doctor. I just knew about Hannibal the Cannibal. I didn't know that he was a psychiatrist. I didn't know any of that. So that made it really a lot more interesting. And I will say I was pleasantly surprised with this because I've always been fed the idea that this was a horror movie and it absolutely wasn't. It was a thriller and I can do thrillers. Like, I think yes. everybody knows by this point, I fucking hate horror movies just because I'm <laughs> I'm so anxious this at moments did make me uncomfortable, but it was so interesting that I couldn't help but stay so engrossed in it. It was, it, this for me was like morbidly interesting in the same way that I found Primal Fear to be morbidly interesting because it's kind of a similar premise. No, I really enjoyed it actually, surprisingly. Primal Fear looks a lot at the psychology of psychopaths in the same way that this one does. Okay. Yeah. What was your perception of Hannibal, like Anthony Hopkins' character? Like I said, on introduction to him, he was a lot more tame, actually, than I would have thought, because he can definitely toy with you like we saw when he was speaking to the senator, but he doesn't necessarily always want to, you know what I mean? So 
he was incredibly intellectual and genuinely interested in Clarice's character. Again, it was just really fascinating because I think that, was it Thomas Harris? Is that the author? Yes. I don't know if he wrote him this way or if it was a directorial choice, but they really put a lot of effort into making this like psychologically accurate and highlighting the aspects of psychology that would have been actually used in terms of doing the profile and everything. Mm -hmm. So that again made it really interesting for me. And he wasn't as creepy as you probably would have thought he would have been. He He's was a very articulated and poised man. Yes. It's amazing. I really like it. He was such a great pick for that role. I agree. I think the novel was was very similar to the to the movie in that sense. Mm. And I think the character of Hannibal Lecter is so fascinating. Yeah. That he's he's kind of in control of every scene that he's in. Like everyone is like trying to pick their words around him and trying to like control the situation when he's in it. And he'd be loving every second of it because he knows that like they're scared shitless of him. And so he can play them however he wants, which is what psychopaths love to do, right? People coming in and interacting with Hannibal and trying to control the situation so much is him already being in control. Yeah, exactly. And he'd be loving every second of it. The one thing I didn't... um, quite understand of all the times I've seen this movie is why he is so fascinated with Clarice. Like, I just, what's so different about her? I feel like it's because she hasn't been tainted or corrupted by the system yet because she's just a trainee. Like, she's still in innocence. I don't know. I just feel like these other people that he's interacting with, Hannibal, um, throughout the movie, they've sort of been tainted by the system and she's just still fresh and doesn't know the ins and outs of it i don't, I don't know that's how i felt it's because mm. she's new to the force that's very interesting hmm. he knows he can actually still have some sort of effect on her and chooses not yeah. to you know what i mean like at the very end he says you know don't worry i'm not going to come after you the world's more interesting with you in it yeah i think you know he respected I mean. her a lot in that sense as well well because she was actually willing to let him psychoanalyze her. She From was, the start. Yeah, like, even though she was told, like, don't let him in your head, she was willing because she, it was so important to her to solve the case, like, on a personal level, that she was willing to compromise herself a bit for that, and I think he respected that as well. You know what I mean? Um, I think that she was so set on, like, breaking those rules of not letting him in because throughout the movie you see that it's hard for her being a woman. Mm-hmm. Jack Crawford, she goes, I'm sorry about, you know, don't discuss those things in front of women. Um, and she goes, well, you lead by example. So she was set on breaking those rules because she wanted to win the case. Yeah. And by doing that, she had to let him in, if that makes sense. Yeah. She had something to prove. Yes, She you. could still break the rules and get what she needed kind of thing. Yeah. I was really expecting Hannibal Lecter to be the main villain of this before I watched it ever. And I was kind of surprised that he's not. He's just more of a consultant. Well, he's, he sort of is by the end there. But he's not the the killer that they're after usually in these sort of crime movies that you see. I just want to read the books to see if there's more background on Hannibal's character. Because my understanding is that in Red Dragon, he's not the protagonist either. Yeah. So And he's not really the main character in this one either. But he's there. Yeah, so you don't really get like a full backstory of how he got there like his murders and his killings it's just kind of like snippets that you pick up throughout the movie that you kind of piece together well and that's exactly how i felt too because like i said i knew he was a cannibal but i didn't 
I didn't know anything about him other than that before going into this movie. I think I maybe knew there were other movies about him or something, but I think only because Brenton mentioned it. It's a very standalone movie. This one? Yeah. It, yeah, it definitely does well. Which is surprising because it's right in the middle of the franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Hannibal Rising covers more is his, it's like a prequel. Um, basically, it's Hannibal Rising to be this this person mm-hmm. that you see in Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. I have seen, um, I think it's Manhunter is the very first one. It was based on Red Dragon and then they remade it again in the early 2000s. So I have seen it, but I don't remember. It wasn't very memorable. And Anthony Hopkins isn't in it. Uh, I think it's Brian Cox is playing Hannibal Lecter in that one. And it, it was fine, but um, yeah, it's, it's a very standalone movie and you don't really need to see that. I think for me, as an actor, this is where Anthony Hopkins like stood out for me, is this movie. Yeah, I think it did for a lot of people. He never blinked. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. He's- actually, you know, my favourite acting performance in this is actually Ted Levine as Buffalo Bill. I think that he is... He was a he's great just as creeping. Yeah. Even his little mannerisms, he's just, I don't know, he makes you feel so uncomfortable. To the same extent that Hannibal Lecter does, but for completely different reasons. Oh, yeah, he really embodied that character. It yeah. was interesting, too, because I noticed, and again, I think this is something that a lot of psychopaths are able to do, like true psychopaths. I noticed like three or four distinct personalities mm-hmm. that he embodied. So in the beginning, I mean, obviously that was a guy's you Buffalo know, Bill or Buffalo Bill to get Catherine to get her into the van. He yep. was acting, obviously. But then when you see him in his basement, he seems like not quite with it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He seems off. And I don't just mean for the obvious reasons. I mean, like, if you were to encounter somebody like him in life he'd be like that guy's a bit weird you know what i mean and then when he answers the door for clary's he's so he's actually really well spoken compared to the way he speaks at other points in the movie so it's just like it's it's fascinating to me the pathology of people with brain anatomy like they do because it's been shown that psychopaths have different brain anatomy than neurotypical people just how they're able to change so much I find it really interesting, and I think it was really well displayed in this movie. Like, you definitely see a lot of different facets of Buffalo Bill. I feel like that the shots where he's in his basement, he's more himself. So that that weird version that you're seeing is is him him being comfortable. Yeah, and he puts on this facade of normality to be around people in society, to be able to lure people in and have those interactions. And then when he goes back to the basement, he's more comfortable and be himself. And this is the weird version that is actually him. I don't think that a lot of this is even very spoilery because they tell you a lot of this right at the beginning. And I was very surprised to see how early you see the bad guy. It shows you his face, like, in the first, like, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and even Hannibal Lecter. But all the characters you're introduced to right at the beginning. So, usually I, w- I was expecting, like, a murder mystery, like a whodunit sort of thing, and you got to try... Like, even Seven, um, you don't know who the villain is until right at the end. Yeah. Uh, it was just a surprising thing where I'm like, oh, it, it immediately shows you Buffalo Bill's face and what he's doing, and it's a different approach. It is. And I felt that this... Because I've seen some shitty thriller movies and stuff, right? This was incredibly well done. You know what I mean? Like, it it was captivating as all hell. But they didn't leave you, like, totally, totally on the edge of your seat either. Like, it wasn't like you were hanging on for dear life to find out what was going to happen next. But you were ready. But they fed you enough that you could think ahead with it. Like, there were a couple times where I'm like, I figured that was going to happen. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it was very well paced. I think so too. I And that's what made it more comfortable is because you had time to sit and process what was being done. And it wasn't like traditionally scary. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking about other things where people are killed and people die and you're getting chased all over the place. And um, like it wasn't any of that. It was more like, oh, this is like fucked up. You know <sighs> what I mean? That's for some reason, I found that more enjoyable because it it was a thinker and not a anxiety inducer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like its title says, it's a psychological thriller. Is that what it said? I'm sure that's what it's categorized yeah, as. That's what I would say it is. Uh, I'm just going to say that we're going to get into spoilers now. Yeah. Okay. I want to know, too, because Hannibal says at one point, you know, the reason he's such a monster and is so terrifying is because he wasn't born like this. He was systematically created. So, like, what happened to him? Mm. You know what I mean? What made him into this? Because there are people all the time with psychopathic brain anatomy all over the place. We know that, right? But not everybody was that trigger. Yeah, to go start killing people and being sadistic and things. So, I mean, I wonder what happened that he became like that. Mm. Because he says he hates his own identity so much that he thinks he's a transsexual, but he's not, you know, so. Yeah, which that, to me, I mean, I don't really understand how that works. Like, how can you think that you're something This is actually really interesting, because we've been talking a lot about gender and things lately, because that's the field I want to go into with psychology, is, like, gender therapy and transgender therapy and things. Um, And I watched a video at one point of this woman who detransitioned. So she went female to male and then she detransitioned back. And she said she had trauma in her life and she didn't like who she was. And she was attracted to women and she was so like repulsed by her body and the feeling of herself because she'd had sexual abuse that she thought she was transgendered. Mm -hmm. Um, So she transitioned. She's like, well, this isn't really right either. And so she realized it wasn't a gender thing. It was a trauma thing. And you know what I mean? So yeah. again, he dislikes himself so much. He thinks it's a gender thing, but it's not. It's a trauma thing. So this is... That's really interesting. Yeah. That comparison, yeah. So like, it, if you're so dissatisfied with your internal core identity and you're trying to identify with something else, like there's reasons why that would happen. And so let's say he was abused. He might have really horrific correlations with maybe his genitalia so getting rid of that will make him feel better kind of thing you know what i mean so anyways that's my little interpretation of that from Hence the suit men and women yeah yeah that's not the way to do it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah as gross and disgusting as it is you know i was almost curious well what would it have looked like you know what I mean? Had he completed yeah. the suit? Yeah, I agree. So, like, you see what the moment Clarice realizes what he's doing when she sees the dress in the closet with the two diamond pieces, right? Like, that's the aha moment for her. And I'm just wondering, like, well, what, what would, was he making a dress? Was he making a skin suit? Like, what was he actually doing? You know what I mean? And, I mean, I just find it so interesting that as sick and twisted as this is, we get to that point where we're like, but I want to know what it would have I don't think it was going to be a suit. I think, well, not in the traditional sense of the word. I think he was trying to just put their skin over his skin. So he wanted their skin. You can see that when he's putting on the wig. Like, he wants it to be his own hair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's an interesting way to think about it because it's not, like, putting on clothing. It's putting on skin. Do you think, again, morbid curiosity, do you think he would have gone out in that? Oh, yeah, I reckon he would have. 
Man, can you imagine seeing that walking around? Because I feel like, you know, going back to him misidentifying himself, yeah. once he's reached that goal, like, he probably would have reached it in his mind. He's like, yeah, now I'm who I want to be. Mm-hmm. He would probably go out. Like, he'd want to embody yeah. that. Literally embody that. Yes. Yeah. So I feel 100% he would have gone out and strutted his stuff yeah. in his skin suit. Yeah. Ooh la la. What do you reckon your favourite scene is? My favourite scene. Mine has to be the one where he puts the face on and and escapes through the ambulance. That, I totally called that. I did. I didn't say anything, but I knew that he did It's a little bit obvious the second time watching it, but I did not pick it up on the first time watching it. I was like, damn. And it's because the guy's face didn't quite look right. Yeah. I could tell, like, I'm like, that's not that guy's face. Yeah. That's not, you know what I mean? Like, it was shaped wrong, and I'm like, they're probably thinking, oh, well, he's been beat up or something. Like, no. I'm surprised they showed you so much of it to be yeah. able to make that depiction. I thought they would have shied away from it a little bit more. He moved so fast in that whole thing. Like, he killed two people, strung one up, changed clothes with the other ones, cut off his face, stuck him in the elevator, made the elevator go, went back and laid down, like, in the space of, what, five, well, ten minutes? You- how long do you know how much time has gone past? It could have been an hour. Do, do they say how long much time has gone past? No. Because I, I don't think it tells you. It but could they have heard been a little while. He fired one gunshot. Or do you think Hannibal fired that to I think he trigger did. the. Probably. Yeah. I think he did, yeah. Because okay. I feel Hannibal's character is a very analytical person, so he yeah. would have probably accounted for that. Yeah. I don't think anything he does is by accident or whimsical. He must have had more time than because he even moved the lights into a theatrical yeah. positioning. So not only did he hang the body, but he decorated it. I'd like to see yeah. how he actually got that body up there. Yeah, because that's quite impressive for an older guy to get a get a body up there. Back to the favorite scene question. Oh yeah, <laughs> it just sticks out in my mind that bit when he's dancing around. With the scalp on his head, mm. and then he leans in and he tucks it in. Tucks it in. For whatever reason, I'm just like, that was a, like... That's fascinating to me as well. That It, it is. It was a ballsy choice. For, it wasn't ballsy at all. <laughs> it was a bold choice for, for a camera shot. Yes. I think. Like, it was, that would have been, seeing that in cinemas, you would have been like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And f- for that reason, because I'm like... You're seeing full frontal, but you're seeing nothing yeah. at the same time. And I'm just like, hmm. But can you imagine being in the cinema, right? And mm-hmm. then having Buffalo Bill come real close to the camera and go, Why'd you fuck me? Yeah. Like, do you know I'd how fuck fucking. Me. Yeah, I'd be like, Oh, bitch, I'm out here now. Like, <laughs> did you notice he shaved his pubes to make it look like he had a vagina? Yes. Yeah. Now you mention it. <laughs> there was one thing that I picked up at the beginning of the movie was that every one of the shots is the actors looking straight at the camera from every one of the interactions. And throughout moving through the movie, I'm like, it's it's actually every single interaction. If you watch it again, the, everyone is constantly looking straight at the camera. And interestingly enough is that you don't notice it. I didn't notice it the first time. I didn't, because generally when you have someone look at the camera, it's either you're doing it very intentionally or it's done... By accident, and it's a faux pas. I think this is very so, intentional because it's everything. Oh, I think everything. it is too. It's putting you in the place of the characters to make you feel more suspenseful and involved. 
Yeah. Like, even a conversation between two people, you'll have one person looking straight at the camera and then the next person looking straight at the camera, and that's the interaction. That's how they filmed it. It's just it's yeah. an interesting choice that I hadn't picked up on. Yeah. But it's, it's even in that Buffaloville video, he's staring straight at the camera, and this is how he's interacting. And then every interaction between Hannibal Lecter and Clarice, they're just... It's a very interesting thing, and I I noticed it throughout the whole. Like it would have been quite difficult to even make note that we have to do it this way. I don't know well, why did you think that they did that, so that it makes you feel like the actor. It makes you feel more vulnerable as an audience member because it puts you in the place of each of those actors, right? Like you are in the place of Clarice having Hannibal Lecter like stare mm. into your soul with those big unblinking eyes. But not even that. It's for Hannibal and Clarice's relationship it's very intimate yeah like it makes you feel i don't even know what the word is. i do like, like the word vulnerable yes yeah yeah he very much wanted to analyze her mm. like yeah and you can see that her. yeah and he said that too he's like because he probably misses it as a psychiatrist like mm. there's a reason you get into it right and everybody's been so told like don't have anything to do with him and so he asks her specific questions and even feeds her answers to get more truthful answers. You know, like when he's asking about when she moved to the farm, like, did he have you perform fellatio? Did he sodomize you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he's placing those in front of her to get a reaction and truthful emotion so that he can look at it more. Like he's really craving the opportunity to have someone to truly interact mm. with. Another thing that I noticed throughout the whole movie, and I'd be surprised if you picked this one up, Jessica, was the use of the color green. Oh. Um, every time that they use green strongly in a scene, what I picked from it was Clarice's character is uncomfortable. And you see this primarily when she's wearing her green coat often, but she'll take yep. the coat off in situations where she's more in control. And you can't see the green. That's very interesting. Yeah. So when yeah. you when they go to the funeral home and she's left in the room with all the cops looking at her, the only thing that's green in the room is her. And she's got this bright green jacket on. So she's very uncomfortable. And then the next scene, they're in the morgue. And the morgue walls are all very bright green. This is the first time that she's come in, in contact with one of Buffalo Bill's victims. And it's bright green. And then she goes into the next scene. And when she's... When she's in her comfort zone, you don't see much green at all. And I, I actually noticed that throughout the whole movie. Did you guys pick up on that at all? No, but it's clever because that color, when used appropriately, it makes you feel sick. Yeah. Like, think about when you see in cartoons, how do they depict, like, nauseous gas? Right, yes. It's noxious gas. It's green. Yeah. You know? Your face goes green in cartoons, yeah. What color is slime? Green. What color is pollution? Green. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's this sickness-inducing color, which I think discomfort in the form of, like, feeling disgusted mm. and ill is definitely what they were going for here. You know what I and mean? And then towards right at the end there, you can see Buffalo Bill obviously has the night vision on. It's very bright green. Yep. It's all in green. Um, That's one of my favorite scenes. Mm. That creeped me the fuck out, because I, like... I didn't realize, but it's so clever. He boarded up the windows, right? So that if he needed to, he could be in complete control, right? And he was like, he reached out to touch her face and she had no idea. And it creeps me out so much more to think she'll never know how close, how close was, he yeah. was to her. That's why I love that scene. Yeah. Each for the own, because that's just Jodie Foster pretty much acting on her own, probably literally in pitch black. Yeah. Relying on 
you know, the crew around her. And her interactions as an actress is, like, amazing. I'm really just wondering like how you could make the actress on edge the way she's depicted there. Obviously, you, you, like you said, she'd probably be in pitch black, but I don't know, maybe maybe there'd be some sort of reward or something if you don't get touched by it. I don't know. I, how would you make her feel on edge Because it like feels that? very genuine. Like her It does. That's my point. Yeah. yeah. You could probably have sounds, you know what I mean? Like, a little creak to this angle, and that would make her, like, look that way really quickly. You know what I mean? Or a little clap to that side. Like, I don't know how you would do it. You could probably voice over the heavy breathing if you needed yeah. to. I don't know. But that was her heavy breathing. No, I know. Because he's so. in control. He's he's very restrained throughout yeah. that scene. So creepy. So the moment she realizes that this is the guy because she sees the moth and stuff, you see yeah. them go into the kitchen more and there's green cabinets. So she instantly, you can see the use of that color. And I'm going on about the color green. but um, And then yeah. he runs down into the basement. And I don't know if you remember, but the basement stairs and she's got looking at doors, all green. All the walls. The doors are green. It's all yeah. such a green thing. She goes in there. She's wearing her green coat. And then you see the night vision scene. It's all green. And then the second that she shoots him, the window comes open and you don't see that color again for the rest of the movie. Because hmm. she's she's like, oh, I'm calm now. I'm in control because he's dead. I feel better. Also, I think she was lucky to make that shot because she heard him. Your senses would be so on edge. Like, what do you call that when he like pulls the little thing on the gun he, and, the, and it he clicks? It. Yeah. Um, as soon as she hears that, because she's facing away from him and then she spins around and unloads on him. Like, I feel like you wouldn't have enough time to do that or is it just that adrenaline's going so fast yeah but you have to think about the fact that he still thinks he's in control at this given point in time so he's like playing so with her a little bit pretty much he's not anticipating mm. her to turn around and blow him to the moon pretty much yeah so that makes sense to me okay yeah because she Fair is enough. kind of facing him a little bit but she doesn't realize he's right in front of her so she doesn't shoot yeah and then later on she spins around which put you on edge, didn't it? Because you were like, no, turn around, you don't know. Um, Me? Yeah. yeah. See, and I don't even realize that I'm doing it, but you're right. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Bleh. Like, I was probably really vocal during that scene. But can you imagine just being in pitch black? Because that's where all his moths are. Just hear the mm. faint fluttering. fluttering of these wings as, like, moths are going about. And the light on the moths was green. Also, can I just make a point that I've been in an entomology department. It is not a nice feeling. Like, to be comfortable in those situations. Like, surrounded by bugs. Yeah. Like, you just, you see them and you just feel like shit's crawling on you all the time. And I just think, like, as Catherine, the girl who was abducted, to, like, be taken in there and see that, like, you'd you'd be terrified already, but then to be surrounded by bugs? Mm. Like, I feel like it would make it that much worse. Like, ugh. Fucking bugs. <laughs> fucking bugs. I just, I can't, I can't get across to you how uncomfortable I was when I was, and I was in, like, a scientific department, mm. you know, and, and they had all sorts of different, like, bugs, because they were studying them, and I just thought, like, fuck, get me out of here, and they had snakes, too, which didn't make oh, it I fucking- Oh, I hate snakes. I don't like snakes. I'm confident if I saw a snake, I would just throw up and cry at the Just same throw time. up Ugh. and cry. <laughs> yeah. I hate them so So, much. yeah, so they had all these insects- and they had, like, the big fat millipedes, and they had snakes. And the snakes were in enclosures that didn't have fucking lids on them. Oh, it was so bad. Ugh. Whatever. Yuck. Nasty. Quite. There was a lot of 
like good directorial choices. There's a lot of good use of ethos in this movie to get your emotions going. So we see Catherine and we meet her and she's singing and we see her face. You know before anything even happens that she's going to be the next victim. And they make a good point of getting us as the audience kind of emotionally involved in her well-being. Yeah. I was going to say that, actually. Yeah. Like, from the start, even though you don't see her for very long before her interaction with Buffalo Bill, you're already kind of like, girl, don't help him. Yeah. He's out here, like, late at night trying to move a couch. Like, why are you even going to help him? But then that shows her character as well. Like, even yeah. though she knows she's on, like, she shouldn't go over there, she helps him anyway. Yeah. 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 And I just, I also wanted to note, like, based on that, Buffalo Bill obviously chooses his victims very purposefully and with planning, because he knew when she was going to be there, right? Like, because it showed, like, he was sitting in the bush with his night vision goggles. Like, that's our first introduction to him. And we know that he, I think he was having, his first victim was having an affair with him. Because remember how they said, you know, she worked for this old lady who was a seamstress? I think that was a cover for her going to see him. Okay. Does that make sense? No. No. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I just missed some stuff. But who was the old lady who died then? Who was this old lady that she was... Yeah, I don't know. Whose apartment was it that she went in and saw the the dress with the diamond cut out and made the connection? Whose was that? That was the first victim. That, that was, was that their first parent. Girl. That was their parents, wasn't it? Yeah, she lived with him, though. She lived with her dad. And then you go in and then Clarice goes and opens the music box and here's all these, like, nude photos. That was the first um, victim, you said. All yeah. Right. And then she goes and questions that girl's friend. And she's like, would she have been seeing anybody? And she's like, no, I would have known about it. But evidently, why would you make a point of putting those pictures in there, right? And it's like, oh, we did work for this old lady. Sewing was her life. So it makes sense that she would have met this guy through sewing somehow. So I'm like, well... Maybe it's because, you know, she was actually doing work for him or something. I don't know. What was the little bit of background that they had on Buffalo Bill? Because they said it like a couple of sentences about his partner. I don't remember what it was. So that head they found. Yeah. That guy was his lover or something. Mm. Something like that. Yeah. If I remember correctly, which I'm probably not, FYI for everyone listening. That Hannibal said that they were in quite a violent and toxic relationship. Him and the gentleman whose head's in a jar. Yeah. Moffat? And, yeah. Yeah. Also, can I just say how, like, I think another reason why Hannibal respected Clary so much is because she was so smart. Remember when she's like, your anagrams are showing, Doctor. Mm. Like, she was able to figure out everything he ever He was testing said. her from the start. Absolutely, but she mm. passed every test. Like, she was able to figure it out. She was incredibly smart for her to say, go look within yourself. She's like, that seems pretty hokey for him. And she figures out what that means. Like, she figured it out immediately. But I think it's also because when he analyzes her, he's like, you know, with your expensive bag and your cheap shoes, you know, you're not far from where you grew up or like first generation white trash. Yeah. But she is so quick to flip it and turn it on him and be like, well, are you strong enough to point that spotlight on yourself and analyze who you really are? Mm -hmm. And I think that was a moment for their relationship as well. Yeah, because I imagine that a lot of people wouldn't be able to do that to him. They'd be too intimidated. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, everyone's always like, don't approach the glass. How many times is that said? About three times. Mm -hmm. And then within two visits. Within like the first first visit, she's at the glass. Yeah. So, I mean, she's scared, but she's not scared. 
I think it shows to Hannibal's character when Migs, he, like, jacks off and, like, throws his... Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah okay, I, I couldn't I tell. don't know what the, the nice word to put his, um... Specimen. Ejaculate. His specimen <laughs> at her through the bars. I was going to use the word, like, his... Ejaculate. Yeah, jizz. sure, whatever. Yeah. His jizz. Um, and he whispers basically to him all throughout the day so he kills himself yeah but that's him manipulating her to think that he is on her side Mm. like killing is nothing to hannibal lecter yeah he doesn't really care but he's from the start manipulating her to trust him he's quite a brilliant character really that's probably why they've had so much stuff made off him yeah i'd like to see the tv series have you not seen it with maz mickelson no yeah I'm just saying, wouldn't it raise some red flags as, like, the publisher or whatever that somebody's able to write such a character and such kind of stories? You know what I mean? Maybe. Okay. But also I think about when that first visit happens and this mini riot happens after she sees Hannibal. Yeah. The orderlies are doing nothing at all. Like, they're just waiting for her to walk to the gate and open it up. Well, it probably happens all the time. Honestly, they're all nuts in there. My favorite thing that makes me laugh every time when he's like, what did Mick say to you? He said that I can smell your cunt. And then he's like, I, on the other hand, cannot. <laughs> that's like, the way he says that, it. Yeah, that's perfect. I love it every time. I laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just, the way he says it, I, on the other hand, cannot. Like, how uncomfortable you must feel. Because then he proves how well his smell is by sniffing through the glass and being pinpointing what her perfumes are. That she's not even wearing today, by the way. Yeah. Like, I just feel like... (laughs) Like, oh, he's serious. He could really not smell it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also wanted to kind of talk about the fact that Bill evidently chooses his victims very purposefully. But, like, how? How do you think he chooses them? Because they're, like, what What was the word? They're, like, perfectly random or something mm. like that? Probably he chooses, because obviously he'd have to scope them out. Yeah. Chooses girls that obviously are bigger. So yeah. then he, like it's pointed throughout the movie, he starves them so the skin's loose so then he can make them into his skin suit. Yeah. But he would have to point girls that are vulnerable and girls that are compassionate and girls that have empathy because he's drawing them in to help him. Mm-hmm. So he's playing this tortured, like, you know... Cripple. Yeah. yeah. He's struggling, and he's drawing them in because he knows those are the type of the people they are. But do you reckon that he knew that Catherine was... The senator's daughter? I don't yeah. know. I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. I don't think he really gave yeah, a Yeah, because he wasn't trying to get some leverage off that. No, he's like, I just want her skin. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, are you a size 14? You know, and then he checks... Yeah, the fact that he asked her that, yeah, I would have been like, what the fuck? I think that's what she said, too. Yeah. And also, one last question. So is all this supposed to have taken place over three days? I think so. No. Well, because he could not. Um, he said that he keeps his victims for three days and then he kills them. He starves them for three days. Oh, uh, yeah. So right at the beginning is when Catherine gets uh, kidnapped. But I'm wondering, like, maybe I misheard, but I thought somebody said... You know, they've already wasted five months on this phony baloney offer or whatever. I thought mm, I heard the word five months. Five months seems like a long time to keep her there. Yeah. I don't know. Not, yeah, no idea. like why her? I don't know. How long do you think it was, Jessica? I really don't know because I feel like everything that happened had to have been 
taken place over a longer period yeah. of time than three There's days. There's a lot of running around. Like, five months is too excessive. I'd say about a week, maybe. Yeah. I'd say about a month is what I well, was thinking. Well, he, like he flew out to see the senator, and he was in he was there for a while, wasn't he? I don't know. It is a little, The timeline is a little hard to read. Also, like, just saying, for the security that this guy was under in the asylum, and then, you know, behind two cages and a locked door and glass, and then you've got him with two guards in a fairly open room without people guarding the outside yeah, of the door. Yeah, I know. And bars. Like, I'm just like, there's, like, like you, you had to, th- yeah, you had to think, and I feel like these cops were very naive in their understanding of just how dangerous he was. Definitely, yeah. It was a makeshift maximum security. But they were also just very nonchalant in the way that they were talking about it, and they they were taunting him almost. Like, of course he's going to get pissed off at you if they're like, what's he going to want tomorrow? Something from the zoo? You know what I mean? When he wanted his second dinner of rare lamb chops or whatever. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, just don't say anything. He's got your number, man. Like, fuck. You know what I mean? Considering that in his maximum security room, he had nothing. No hard paper. Like, he literally lists everything that you can't give him. And then he's in this cell. Was it in the museum? I think I'm not sure where it was. It looked like a courthouse or something. Or city hall or something. Yeah. yeah. And he has, like, a chair. So and... much to kill everyone with. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Well, he was getting a new deal because he was being moved to a different hospital. Give him a deal, but... What was it that he eventually undid the handcuffs with? Was it the ink from the pen? It was a bit of the pen. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he keeps looking at the the pen and you're like, something like that. It looked, do you know what it looked like? It looked like the nib from the pen. I don't even know how he got that because he was caged up the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. But that's what it looked like. And where did he just keep it like in his lip or something? Okay, but let's go backtrack. Yeah. What's a nib? The bit... The bit that you write with. This bit. I'm pointing at the bit of a ballpoint pen. This bit. Okay. I I think fountain pens have nibs more than ballpoints. Yeah, Yeah, but... She's not doing a very good job right now. (laughs) This bit. And it would have been longer in a fancy pen I was going to say, because that does not look long long enough. No, but that... Because it it was rounded and tapered. Yeah. Also, how the fuck did he get to Latin America that quick? He's the most dangerous and wanted serial killer in the country, and he just... He's one of the smartest people in the country as well, though. Yeah. Ah, true. Okay. He's probably a man that has many connections. Yeah. Like, he's a very... He... Who'd be I'm... scared shitless not to help you. Yeah, he seems like a very well-connected man. Yeah. Well... Oh, there you go. I feel like the from the time that you don't see Lecter, a lot happens before he has that cold with Clarice at the end. There's actually quite a lot yeah. of time that goes past, so he's... He's busy doing stuff while she's dealing with Buffalo Bill. Well, and it certainly wasn't the next day. I feel like it was about a week or so, or even longer later, because she gets her badge and everything. Yeah, so it could have been so quite maybe a this while. was spanned over about a month. From start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But it just, it made it look like it was, like, immediately after. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, but the timeline's not clear, so which we've established, but she goes and sees Hannibal to get more insight on the Buffalo Bill. But between seeing Hannibal for the first time and the second time, that's when Catherine's abducted, isn't she? It's not before she sees Hannibal. No, you're right. So she's already establishing that relationship before Buffalo Bill takes his victim. So you could be right. It could be over a month. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, because they find that body and then another one is taken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. 
That makes more yep. sense. What's that cream they put under their nose when they were examining the body? I have no idea. Vaso. Oh, don't. Is it like... Uh, don't do that. I'm guessing it's like something that is very smelly, so you can't smell the body. It yeah. was, it was really white, and then it melted really quickly. Yeah. It was confusing because the morgue was in the funeral home and there was a funeral on. And so I'm like, why are they examining her during her funeral? Yeah, that was so a little confusing. Just, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what my thought process was. Was that her funeral? No, no it, was, it was someone else. I was going to say, I don't think it... It was someone else's, but it was just... Um, Confuddled. Yes. But then it made sense. I'm just not used to there being, generally speaking, the morgue and the funeral home in one place. Even though I think, actually, that is the case at home in my town. I don't know. Whatever. I don't visit morgues often, people. It sounds like you do. <laughs> <laughs> Overall. Final verdicts. What did you think, Danielle? I was pleasantly surprised, like I said earlier. It was, for me, incredibly fascinating. Just because I felt like I was able to follow along, theoretically, with some of the stuff that they were talking about. Mm. Um, and that said, I feel like they weren't just throwing around psychological sounding words like yeah that makes with sense first principles and everything they were actually following processes quite accurately so that made it all the more interesting for me and jessica you've said that this is one of your favorite movies you've said oh most definitely still ranked at i'd say number two behind what my favorite movies pardon behind what it sounds like you've got a d- definite number one I really don't have a definite number okay, one. Okay, it sounded like it. Rotate. <laughs> like, oh, I ranked this at number two, but I don't know what number one is. No, I, I typically have, like, three favorite movies, The Revenant being the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all kind of equal standing. They are, yeah. because I like them for different reasons. Different reasons. Yeah. Like, the characters, the casting, the use of, like, cinematic angles, the suspenseful music, yeah. everything like that, just, like, really ties this movie together and i like even though how old is this movie 90 91 what did i say at the beginning yeah yeah we're approaching i think it was 91 you know three decades nearly and it's still a great movie 30 years later great movie and what was the what was the next guest episode that you wanted to be on did you want the lion king so i can destroy it you and the lion king um no i think you wanted to be on the departed which is before the lion king oh i like the departed we'll do that one okay um did you want to do green mile Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know when Green Mile I haven't is. seen the Green Mile in ages. Green Mile is a couple of months away, so we'll put you on that one. Yeah. All right, I, I love cool, the Green cool. Mile. Me too. Okay, well, thanks for joining us again, Jessica. Thanks for having me. We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, check us out on all the socials, and comment on SoundCloud. And until next week, thanks for listening. Fuck me. Oh, bitch, I'm out here now. See ya.